This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. On Accessing Art with Amy, another great podcast available through AMI. Um, this was released Thursday, by the way, this recent episode. Amy speaks with Kim Kitchen of Northern Ontario, who's making art which is con- conducive to her disability. Uh, I know that Amy has fantastic conversations with all kinds of artists around the world. So check out this one with Kim Kitchen that was released yesterday, now available on your podcast platform whichever one of your choice. I'm Ramia Amadin here with Margaret Weldon, and we're now going to listen to a conversation that Kelly had with our regional content specialist, Sylvie Fiquet. So today, as we do these regional content reports on Wednesdays and Fridays on the program, we're joined by Sylvie Fiquet. Of course, one of our other Vancouver uh, presenters. And I say that, Sylvie, because Fridays, we always have a really good push and representation from out west you know today is the day we have three of you from the vancouver area so it gets crazy thanks for being with us happy to be here kelly so let's kick it off here when we talk about traveling on vancouver island and it's become more accessible we all love to hear this with the introduction of travel guides what do the guides actually provide and how many communities are participating Yeah, the Vancouver Island um, has now just launched a series of accessible travel guides for travelers of all abilities. The accessible travel guides serve to provide representation for travelers with disabilities and to support them with practical information that preserves their enjoyment and dignity while visiting the region. The new accessible travel guides highlight accessible tourism products within 17 participating Vancouver Island communities, and they provide recommendations and share trip considerations. The experiences, of course, will be different for each traveler, but the information is meant to ease the trip planning and ensure that Vancouver Island is an inclusive travel destination with accessible vacation experiences for all to enjoy. I love the word dignity, even though I know the impact of it probably doesn't really make a mark on most people unless you've been in that position where you felt totally uh, undignified, where you felt that whatever you have to do to accomplish something is just in and out, running around and unnecessary. And I love that we utilize that and that's what we strive for so that a person feels good about what they're doing themselves, the the environment and the experiment, experiment, you know, experience, not experiment, but experience. Who was involved in creating the guides and, and how was it funded? Yeah, the information gathered in the Accessible Travel Guides is based on consultations with accessibility experts and partners identified by community destination management organizations and firsthand experience while visiting each community. So Spinal Cord Injury BC, Destination BC, and the collaborating communities were successful Due to a shared understanding that their approach to marketing, these communities must consider principles of inclusiveness, diversity, equity, and accessibility. One of the the lead on the project, Lexa Bergen, 
Uh, she's a BC-based disability advocate, says that engaging with a scope of individuals to promote and connect over accessibility has been really enlightening and motivating. And she works to um, create more equitable experiences for those that require adaptations or accommodations in, while visiting and um, really is stoked about these new accessible travel guides. Awesome. I, I, I can't help but think so many will be and what variety of access it'll give people and, and ways of using it. How was the project funded? Yeah, the guides were funded through grants obtained by community destination management organizations and supported by 4VI, which is uh, Tourism Victoria or Vancouver Island, as part of the commitment to creating the diverse and accessible tourism on Vancouver Island. Sylvie, in wrapping on this, what other benefits will the guides offer any users? Great question, Kelly. Anyone visiting the region is going to benefit from um, these accessible travel guides and having more information about the communities they're visiting. But more so, the guides will provide business operators with real awareness and resources to creating barrier-free accesses to the services that they offer. Oh, that's beautiful. Awesome. Really nice and something to promote. And so many people hopefully will get out there and take advantage. But mostly, I'm sure these guides will just totally reap the benefits of the appreciation because, my goodness, to be able to give this kind of access and support is tremendous. Uh, also with us, Sylvie, today, we're going to talk a little bit about some self-advocates who are going to be on stage performing their play, We Deserve to Work, next week. Tell us about the show's premise and how it came to be. Kelly, this is a really exciting project. We Deserve to Work is a new play by a group of self-advocates and theatre artists exploring the world of employment as experienced by people with intellectual disabilities. So get a glimpse into the highs and lows of searching for work, interviewing for a job, dealing with conflict in the workplace, and advocating for more responsibility and possibly future promotions. So the self-advocates supported by the Community Living Society, the Canadian Institute for Inclusion and Citizenship, and the Massey Theatre are shining a spotlight on the world of work and the obstacles people with disabilities encounter on the job. So cool. Wow. And and I love it because it is the big thing we talk about in the disability community is, is that whole business and piece of working. So what messages do the advocates really want to share via the play? Yeah, so the project began January 2021 when the co-creators began the process of re researching for their play. The research included working with a directing team over several months to lead three focus groups with employment specialists, self-advocates and employers in order to build the ideas for their show. So Dana Ferris, one of the co-creators and actors, said a project like We Deserve to Work is important to spread the word and raise awareness that people with disabilities are capable of performing so many jobs. Adding the main message of this play is that everyone deserves a chance to work. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you have a disability or not. And then one of the other co-creators and actors, Lisa Gunkel, said she's very passionate about employment because so many times people with disabilities are just getting generic and yeah. um, they're 
their specific skills are, are really being overlooked. Equality and fair play are important, or sorry, Equality and fair pay are important, and Larissa highlights she wants to ensure people like herself have a voice regarding employment. It's tough because a lot of time people so feel so grateful to have that job, they may not push for the equal pay that that position may have. So many people have experience as much as they can get in the disability community, which it can be really hard to to gain that that experience um, through people saying, yeah, sure, you can come work here because of the other biases that people may have or not being comfortable giving you that shot. So I, I really love this kind of thing because it's a message. Like you said, Sylvie, so many very qualified people settling for jobs they're overqualified for that we would say, oh, my goodness, to somebody else applying. And I think it parallels people who are newcomers to the country. Same kinds of things where, wow, this is a doctor. What, what's he doing this job? Um, he, he could be, we, we have a shortage here. Why isn't he being a doctor? Um, can you give us the details? When, where, all the stuff, for especially ticket? Yeah, the play is an hour-long performance followed by a 20-minute talk back with the co-creators after each performance. We Deserve to Work, the activist play, hits the stage at Massey Theatre starting Friday, November 18th through Sunday, November 20th in New Westminster. And the tickets are available on an accessible sliding scale. Pay what you can nice. between seven, yes, very nice, between $7 and to $29. And for more information, you can contact 604-521-5050 or visit MasseyTheatre.com. Sylvie, in the work you've done, I'm sure so many people have said to you, I just want to work. Absolutely. Uh, very. Uh, we're going to have a conversation in the future about this, Kelly. I just went to a newcomers, um, you know, through settlement workers and immigrants coming to Canada with disabilities and trying to just access services yeah. plainly, and then you know everything else from employment, healthcare down the road. So. Very, very interesting. This will be a really great play to take in. I think so. And there's so much frustration, let alone, you know, having to deal with a language you don't know, being a newcomer to a place, and then the disability on top. Wonderful, Sylvie. Beautiful things to talk about. Uh, Sylvie Fiquette, of course, out of Vancouver, our uh, content development specialist. Join us Wednesdays and Fridays right here on Kelly and Company. We have a whole other hour of Kelly and Company right after the break here on a Friday. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs> 